If that's the only reason we came today, well, we got it done. You know, you can't just be selfish. You know, I, I'm expecting double in here, and we're expecting double in the, in the finances, and we're expecting double in your life. Are you expecting it? You're not just saying that, are you? Okay. Because we, we are doing some things, and Keith will explain them to you later on about double, but I'm telling you, it is happening. Y'all forget who's here today? We're going to start over. It's happening. Double. Double the people in here. Double your finances. Double the healings. Double the miracles. Double the children coming in. Double the people getting saved. Double. It's happening. Okay? All right. You ought to put something somewhere up. Double, 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 double. You remember that gum double? What was it? Double bubble? Yeah. How many of you are old enough to remember that gum? Okay, you're old as me then. Double, 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 double. Okay, so last week, we, at the end of the service, um, we, um, everybody gave somebody some money. How many of you were here last, how many of you were not here? It's easier for me to see that. How many of you were not here last week? Well, there's a few of you. Um, God said he gave seed to the sower or supply. He actually said he gave supply. Supply. Which is seed to the sower. So last week, most of you had supply or seed. If you didn't, raise your hand again if you weren't here last week. Let's, Let's just start it out right. Okay, somebody give them something. Let's just start it out right. Branson, do the same thing. I don't, I, you know, I don't want to assume everybody has something. Somebody give them a quarter or a nickel, a pencil, something. Somebody give them something that's around them. Raise your hand again. They said, who is it? Who is it? Somebody give them something. I'm up here without my phone case. I don't have any money on me. Which is rare for me, but no, they can do it. It's good for them to sew. So now everybody has had seed sown to them or everybody has sown. Is that correct? All right. Two Sundays, some of them are saying. Yeah. So I got home that day and the next day I asked some of the people that work for me a question. You know, I'm I'm very practical. Have you ever noticed that about me? Yes. Very practical. I want to know how to make it work in your life. How to make this accomplish what God said it would do for you. If it doesn't work, then throw it away. Do you not agree? That's right. If the Word doesn't work, then throw it away and find a God that does work. That's right. You're looking at me funny, but I'm serious about this. If God doesn't work, then find somebody that does. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they asked me, why do you want me to go to church? And I said, well, look at your life and your, your, I won't call the name, life. And you've known me your whole life. And look at the difference between your life and my life. 
Your life has had deaths. It's had defeats. It's had this. It's had that. Look at your life and then look at my life. Which one does it look like is blessed and which one does it look like is cursed? You tell me. Which one would you want? And they went, oh. It didn't take them long. Do you want to serve a God that blesses you or do you want to serve a God that curses you? One that blesses you. One that, that word works. I like songs, like we've been singing that new song, you know, about the word. It's true, it works. I like things that when you hear them in the word, I immediately am like, okay, what do we do to get the result of this? When Keith says, we're going to do this, guess who is we? The other day he wanted, he's got every country that they go to, he's got flags up in the hangar of every country that they go to. And so the other day he said, you know what, Phil? No, he told Mike, he said, we need clocks that tell the time of those countries. So then Mike says, we need clocks for those countries. So who's the we? We, he, we need clocks. So who's the we? So... I had to get the Greenwich Mean Time clocks that tell exactly what time they are so that when they come in, they know what time it is in that country. Put them for the hanger. Then Rob is the we that hangs them. (laughs) So we got a lot of we's around here. So, but it's always been that way. But in the word, when the Lord says, by his stripes you are healed, I want to know what I have to do to get that by his stripes you are healed. I don't want to just read over something. When I read my chapter, I want to see how does this apply to me here now today? What do I need to do to accomplish it? And if I don't get anything out of my daily reading that puts something new in my life, that adds blessing and something I need to change to accomplish something better in my life, then it was a wasted day for me reading. Because there's always something new in the Word that you can get out of it, that you can change to go up higher in God. The Word is alive, and it will change your life if you'll let it. But you have to be willing. Because most of the time, you think I step on your toes, the Word will constantly step on your toes. And that's why most people don't want to do it. Okay, so, I got home the other day, and I was sitting there thinking. Because I know, like I said last week, Keith's series, in case you're wondering, is about, what's the the series title? God of increase. Okay. Thank you. God of increase. So I thought, well, I'll just stick with that. Because the Lord has really blessed us in this area. If you knew where we really, really came from and how a lot of our family still is, you would know the difference between Keith and Phyllis Moore and others that didn't serve God. The blessing of God is on Keith and Phyllis Moore. And that's absolutely all it is. 
the blessing of God. But I told you guys about some of the things that the Lord did last week through our giving and things like that. And I told you about giving and how we did it. So I went home and I was thinking about that. And I said, Lord, there is so many people still in the church that's been listening to Brother Keith for 20 years, longer. And, you know, we do the pantry stuff every year. We do the Christmas presents every year. And, and I see their name on the list every year. And it's not that I mind doing it for them. It just it hurts my heart that they are still without. Amen. That they're still in need. Because after 20 years, if something doesn't work, something ain't right. Because I know Keith and I, when we first got in the Word, we were living in that trailer that I showed you last week. And Brother Brother Copeland told us, our Father God wanted us to have stuff. It changed our life. I, my face, you can see my eyes. My face lit up. It's like a light bulb went off in our head. Our Father God didn't want us broke. My Father. My Father wanted me to have stuff. This was 40-something years ago. He wanted me not to be broke anymore. You have to understand. I was paying payments on a $100 tool set for my husband. And he didn't want me broke anymore. When you tell that to a person that's broke, that will light up their eyes. So, last week, when I left here, I was sad. And I thought, why am I sad? And I sat at home because, of course, Keith was gone. We should have prayed for him. Let's just stop right here and remind me where I was. I was sad. Don't leave me sad. Okay, because I don't stay sad. Okay? So just you can stay seated, but let's just pray for Keith. His services just started. They're probably still singing. It started at 1030. So, Father God, we lift up Keith in Knoxville, Tennessee this morning. At Pastor King's church. And we say the blessing of the Lord come on him. And the anointing of the Lord come on him. And the wisdom of the Lord come on him. And the favor of the Lord come on him. And the utterance of the Lord come on him now as he begins to speak for you, Father. And you give him the words to say. And the utterance to say that would help those people the most, Father God. And we ask you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I never forget to pray for Keith with you guys, and I did that because I was doing the other stuff. But anyway, I was sad. (laughs) And the reason I was sad in my heart, in my spirit, was because, let me ask you a question before I tell you why I was sad. How many of you got seed last week? Should be every hand in here that was here last week, right? Somebody gave you some money last week, right? Raise your hand up high. 
two, two weeks, excuse me, two weeks ago. Thank you. Thank you. Two weeks ago you got seed, right? How many of you sowed that seed? Big portion of you. How many of you ate it? A few. If you were honest. My question became the next day to some people. I said, you have seen me. Some of you decades. Some of you a decade. You've seen me. Personally. You've seen me hand somebody a hundred bucks here. hundred bucks there. My staff can, they'll tell you. You've seen me get, I mean, in a week's time, stacks of cash come in. You've seen it happen. You've seen me give it out. You've seen it come in. You've seen it for decades. They said, yes. I said, then how come you would be hesitant to really give? How come you would be hesitant to give more if you knew it was going to set you on a different level? If you knew it was going to turn your finances around? If you knew you giving would change your life. One of the first things things they said, well, it's you, Mrs. Moore. The other thing they said was fear. Fear that we won't have it to feed our babies or we won't have it to pay our car payment or we won't have it to pay our light bill. How many of you can tell me a reason that you wouldn't give? Real quickly. Probably the same ones, right? Y'all are too quiet. I'll just stop and sit down with y'all. Why wouldn't you give, huh? If the Lord didn't tell you to? Yeah. The Lord's a giver. He's most of the time looking for people to give to, to so that He can bless you. He says, as a man purposes in his heart, so let him give. Most of the time, people don't give because they don't have it. They don't have it or fear, selfish. That's Something's coming out. They'll need it. What else? Huh? Not sure who to sow it to. Huh? Lack of belief. Let's see. Turn with me if you would. So I thought, I'll get you a scripture. He's not watching today, but just in case he might. How many of you remember the story of the talents? God gave them talents to sow or do something with. I won't read the whole thing because I like to tell you stories. You should know your Bible by now. If you don't know it by now, you ought to get one. 
get one that you can mark in and write stories behind it and circle words in it like this word here today. The story was he gave one, you know, uh, five, he gave another one two, and he gave another one one according to their ability. According to their ability. I think people's ability can change. I think God watches our ability and what we do. And I think people's ability can change. Do you not think so? I've been surprised at some people through my life. I've thought, you know what, that person, mm, I don't know about them. And they come in and they really, really surprise me with what they do. And I've had other people say, can we just... They're irritating me. Can we just let them go? And they step up beyond five people. I think people's ability can change. But God will give you things to sow or give or whatever like he did last week. Do you know that... There's always going to be somebody with more than you. Somebody tell me, who's the richest man in the world? Huh? No, I'm serious. Who's the richest man? Elon, is he the richest? Huh? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes he is. Sometimes he's the richest man in the world. You may have a long way to go to catch up with him. Do you understand what I'm saying? And some people are always trying. And the reason I say that is because if you're looking for things and money to satisfy you, you could be disappointed. If you're always trying to keep up with the Joneses or you're trying to keep up with the next person in church or you're trying to impress people with what you wear and what you got and and it's going to always be a revolving cycle. It's going to be you get here and then you find out, well, you move into that neighborhood and well, they have a better car in that neighborhood than, than you do in that neighborhood and they have a better house in that neighborhood and, and it's always going to be a revolving, I gotta step up to another step and I gotta step up to another step. And at some point, at some point, you're gonna have to do what the Bible says to be content with such things as you have. And I'm not saying you shouldn't always be stepping up. But at some point in your heart, in your heart, you need to be content. And that's the reason that I'm talking about giving. Because until you're ready to be able to give to others, I'm not talking about just giving to us or the church or me. But until you look in your heart to what you do have now, there's not a person in here somebody said something about you don't have it to give. You do. You may have, uh, like the woman said, I only have one cake left and it's for me and my son and we're going to eat it and die. Do you remember that story in the Bible? And the preacher said, what? 
make me a cake first. And when she made him a cake first, what happened? She never ran out. And I'm not saying you have to make me a cake first. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you, don't let the devil make you despise what you have. Because that's what he's always trying to do. Make us despise what we do have. If we despise, it's like I told you last week about those clothes I had. If I would have despised them and said they weren't good enough to give, I would have never got all those new clothes. He's all the time making us, trying to make us despise what we do have. Okay? There's always somebody that's worse off than you that would take a cake. So start where you are. Okay, so that was some of the stuff, you know. Okay, so here's what the talent said. It said um, he gave to the one uh, the five talents, and he said, um, uh, let's see, bring the five talents, and he had made five more. And he gave the guy the two talents, and he had made two more. And he came to the guy with the one talent, and this is verse 24. In Matthew 25, 14. In the King James Bible. Did I get it all out so y'all can put it out? Okay. Uh, 24. And he that had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. Read the next part with me. I, just the next three words, and I afraid. Where does fear come from? Anytime you have fear, you should recognize immediately. In our lives, what pleases God? Faith. Faith. And anytime that you are trying to be in faith, what's going to automatically try to attack it? Fear. Fear. Where does faith come from? Where does fear come from? The The enemy. So you should automatically do a test. Okay? Should I give? You got something came up in your heart. I might should give this. What is that? Okay? Automatically, this thought comes, I've got this, and I've got this, and I've got this, and I've got that, and I've got this, and I've got that, and I've got all these things. And what are those? It's a simple test. The devil is the devil of fear. And he automatically makes us think fear. He automatically puts fear in us. Yes, be led. Yes, don't give out of compulsion. Yes, don't do it because somebody's pressing you. Rob, you have to give me this money. Rob, give it to me now. I'm telling you, we're doing this and we have to have this or we're going off the air. You understand that? We're going off the air if you don't give me this guilt. Guilting you is not faith. Either I'm in faith or I'm not. Guilting you is not going to make me be in faith. Do you understand that? 
But you being in fear that you're not going to get a return on your seed in time is not faith either. He was afraid. And that's what came out Monday when I started talking to people. They were afraid that they weren't me. Yeah, you can give and God knows you. And you're a minister and people give to ministers. So that made me do a rewind to when I first started receiving. You all know the story. I was working in the doctor's office. Same place I got the clothes. And I never thought I would be in the ministry. I always thought that I would support Keith and Keith would be in the ministry. At that time... Keith was teaching at Rama. He was teaching prayer school sometimes. He was teaching healing school all the time. And I thought my job was to help support him. And it was taking everything I could believe for to do that. That's when we had the dried up carrot and the shriveled up onion. And we started learning just a little bit about sowing and reaping from Brother Kenneth Copeland. And Keith's using all of his faith for everything that he can do to get five new courses ready to teach at school. And the Lord dealt with me about how to start believing him in faith. Anybody want to know how to start this side of the room does. What about this side? Of the room? You don't start with paying off your house today. A lot of people, you remember the testimony that we got just a few months ago with somebody saying, I was believing that somebody would just come up and hand me a big chunk to pay off my house? Anybody remember that? Or whatever, the debt, or whatever. It was a big debt, maybe? Yeah. And, um, but the Lord dealt with her. It would be more in her sewing. And it happened way many years before she was thinking it was going to happen. Y'all remember that? That's more how it happens. And the Lord dealt with me. This particular doctor that I was working for, he had a couple of systems in place. When I started working there, and I'm going to give you some figures today so that you understand it. He's gone to heaven now. So I don't think it'll be a bother to anybody. When I started working for him, all he was making a month was like $32,000. And he told me and the other girl working for it, her name was Debbie Free. She was a friend of mine. She wasn't saved. I don't know if she's saved to this day. But we were friends and we worked together. It was only us two girls in the office. And you know the story. The Lord dealt with him, the doctor that I was working for in Mississippi. And him went to a seminar in Kansas City. And they just happened to sit side by side of each other before we went to Tulsa to go to Bible school. And they just happened to sit down beside each other. And the doctor that I was working for in Mississippi, 
His name was Dr. Newsom. And Dr. Newsom happened to sit down beside this new doctor, Dr. Treganing. And Dr. Treganing told Dr. Newsom, man, I could sure use a girl to work at my front desk. And Dr. Newsom said, where are you? And he said, I am in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You want to put the puzzle pieces together or do I need to put them together for you? He said, he said, Tulsa, huh? So he says, does she need to type? (laughs) I was a lousy typist and still am to this day. Now, Keith got the typing award and he can type like 200 words a minute with no mistakes. But I could type like three words a minute with mistakes. Finger picking. And he said, nope, she wouldn't need to type. He said, well, I may have you just the girl. I quit work in Mississippi on a Friday and started in Tulsa on a Monday. Well, I was supposed to start on a Monday, but I got there and he said, do you have a house? Do you have a place to live? And I said, no. He said, well, you might want to find a place to live before you start working. I I didn't want to tell him I don't have any money to find a place to live until I go to work. You know, but I did. We did. And it all worked out. That's another story for another time. But anyhow, when I started working there, he was making thirty two thousand dollars a month. I remember it distinctly. And he told me and her his business was so low. He said, any new patients you guys bring in over 10 or that you get over 10, I'll give you ten dollars. And anything we make over $32,000 a month, I'll give you a $100 bonus. Well, that piqued my interest. Now, some people it doesn't. We've had people that I've said I'd give them a bonus if they do this or I'd give them a bonus if they do that. And they could care less. They won't work. When that clock strikes 5 o'clock, it's like the rapture. (laughs) And there's no way that they quit working at 5 o'clock because they're in their cars at 5 o'clock. So you know they didn't quit working at 5 o'clock because they're in their cars at 5 o'clock. You get my drift. That's between them and God. Anyhow, so I'm learning about, so I set you a stage. I'm learning about sowing and reaping. I, we were broke. We were so broke, we didn't, we didn't have guys to get to work. We were so broke. Broke, we had to get to level to become unbroke. I mean, my mom and dad came up one weekend and filled us, our cars up with gas and gave us money for food for the week. We were, we were broke. We didn't eat out. We didn't splurge. We got vegetables shipped to us in ice chest, in dry ice, so that we could eat for the week. That's how we started. But the Lord did that for me. He put me in a place that I could learn how to begin 
to trust Him. Now, a lot of people today have jobs like this. They work in places that, depending on how much they do, they can get extra. So that's why I'm telling you this now. So, people would come in the office. You didn't want to come in the office. I would start believing God for 10 new patients a week. Above the 10. We'd get 10, and I'd start believing for an additional 10. Can anybody calculate that? How much is 10 new patients if I get $10 a patient? $100. Do you know we could eat for $100 then? $100. So I'd start believing for 10 new patients to come in. We started getting them. We started getting 10 new patients. So my question to you is, is there something you can do in your... Instead of... Let me tell you why I'm telling you this. Too many people are believing for dollar signs. That makes it hard. Do you see what I'm saying? Is there something else that you can put your faith on that would produce dollar signs? Is there something else that you can use your faith for that will produce dollar signs that would make it easier for you to believe for than the actual somebody coming up and handing you a hundred dollar bill? That's kind of hard for people to do. That somebody's just going to come up and hand me a hundred dollar bill. I'm telling you how to start. Because I know for a fact that there's still people in here that are not getting their needs met. We just had the, the lady, is she in here, that we gave the $100 to? Yeah, she gave, the, uh, we should have gave it today. Well, maybe we'll give it next week uh, about what that meant to her. Then we went from $32,000 a month, hold your chairs, to like $200,000 a month. We were seeing, we had three other doctors working for us. Cha-ching! <laughs> but the only problem then was, what do you do when you don't know what to do because you've got money for the first time. That's when Keith tells the story about us messing up on our taxes. Is there people in here, raise your hand, is there, if there's people in Branson too, that you can put your faith on doing other things besides just believing for money? Look at the hands. Look at the hands. Look at the hands all over the place. God will give us wisdom to do things instead of just believing for money. Instead of just believing for money. And He can increase those things. He said He would give us wisdom of witty inventions. He said He'd give us things. But here comes the problem. The fear. Look at this verse with me. Hebrews 10.27 This is where the next part comes in is our faith. It'd come close to the end of the week, and maybe we hadn't got too many new patients in. 
And I knew I had to have that money for food. Or I had to have that money for Keith's tuition. Or I, or we had to have that money. Because, you know, it's Christmas time and we've got to buy everybody Christmas presents. Or it's, you know, the car broke or, or this happened. You ever had that? Something's coming up. And I didn't know anybody that was going to come up. My family didn't have the money. Keith's family didn't have, we didn't know anybody with money. It's real easy for people to look at us now and say, well, Brother Copeland gives you, you guys money. Or Brother Hagen gave you guys money. I remember. Brother Hagen gave us money in 20-something years twice. Besides our paychecks. Twice. I'm going to tell you the one of the times. Keith tells you the story, but I'm going to tell you who did it. I was believing God for my new kitchen. And Brother Hagen came over there after I had been working with him and Mom Hagen for almost 20 years. It was right before we moved, so I know it was almost 20 years. And helping him night and day. And he came over there with a stack of cash and said, fix your new kitchen. And I look back on it and I think, I was thinking about it the other day and I thought, I never expected Brother Hagen to give me anything. I never looked to Brother Hagen to give me anything. I never pulled on Brother Hagen to give me anything. Brother Hagen was never my source. Brother Copeland is never our source. We don't look to Brother Hagen to give us anything. I mean, Brother Copeland to give us anything. We bought the airplane we got from Brother Copeland. And if you get around people and you start pulling from things from them, that's a good way to lose a friend real quickly. And people not want to be around you. People that are very spiritual, they can pick up on if you're pulling on them for anything. They can pick up on that stuff. And if you want to hang around them for 20-something years like we have both of them, you don't go around them, needy, 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 my name is Phyllis and I'm greedy, greedy, greedy. (laughs) No. We were there to serve. We are there to serve. God will supply your needs. Like I said, I never intended on being up here speaking. That was never who I thought I was. I have always thought I am Keith Moore's helper. This is helping because Keith Moore's gone today. Do you understand that? If I just sat in the back, I would be perfectly content. And the people that know me know that. Perfectly content. I have no desire for flashing lights and people knowing who I am. But God, even in the beginning, when I didn't know anybody, 
was blessing us. He was giving us stuff. I told you the story about the car. Why did he give me that car? Because somewhere along the way, I sowed. Why does he have people write checks or send people come in here and say, somebody sent you this great big envelope and he's the one on the road. People will come up to him and they'll hand it to him. They'll say, give this to, to Miss Phyllis. <coughs> Why? Because from the beginning, as I was reaping, what was I doing? Sowing. God can use you if you'll continue to be the channel that he flows through. If you stop it and you think, I've got to do this. We've got this project. We've got this. We've got this. We've got this. And I've got to do it with it. You've just stopped it up. Well, maybe you should take all of that because you need a lot of seed in the ground. And do without this week and sow it. Let's read this. Hebrews 10, 23. I think you all know it. King James. Let us hold fast fast to the profession or confession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that has promised. This goes back to, so I was afraid. Many a day when tuition was due. Many a day. When a bill was due or the car broke down. And we had something we had to pay right away. You remember the story. I told Keith, Keith, why haven't we got it yet? You know we have to have this right away. And he said, Phil, we're in faith. Now, don't kid yourself. The devil was trying with everything he knew to say, it's not coming. You're not going to have it. And as quick as those thoughts would come, what do you have to do? You know the answer, but are you doing it? Hmm? Huh? As soon as they come, what do you have to do? Hold fast to your confession. The money's on the way. you got to open your mouth and say, the money's on the way. I don't care what you say, Mr. Devil. The money is on the way. How many have you given? The devil is going to attack you daily and say, you're not going to have it. And that would be the thing, the reason, going back to my being sad. I was sitting there, and I had my head hung, and I was sad. And the next day, I was even more sad, because they weren't ready to give. And it wasn't the answer that they gave me, the reason that they weren't ready to give. This is the answer. Say, this is the answer. Because just as we did, they did. They gave and they didn't get a return on their giving. Quick enough when they needed it. They didn't get a return on their giving. How many of you will be honest and say, I I didn't get a return on my giving? You know the story of the car. We were believing God. 
We had to have a car. Our car left us hanging in the middle of the whatever. But this was before that. We were there. Brother Copeland taught us about our father would give us a car. We knew we needed a car. So we had heard somebody put a time limit on when we were going to get this car. So Keith and I got down into the floor. We were believing God for this car. We said, Lord, we believe we received this car by February the 9th at 7 o'clock. Whatever date it was. And we were in faith. I mean, when the phone rang, we jumped. When the mailman came, we ran to the mailbox. When somebody pulled up in the driveway to that little trailer, we ran to the door. You ever been there? Huh? You lost that a little bit, though, didn't you? Huh? I'm talking about now. This faith stuff. Have you lost that a little bit? Expecting? When the phone rings, are you expecting somebody to call you and give you Are you still expecting like that? Huh? What happened? Is Jesus Christ still the same yesterday? Today? And forever? Did he say he'd meet your needs according to his will? And his riches? In glory? Does he have a lot of riches in glory if he's got streets of gold? Huh? So when the phone rings, could you be expecting? I think we need to stir ourselves up a little bit. So we were expecting. I think we could all be expecting that way a little bit more. When the mailman comes, you should look in that mailbox and say, it's not here today, but it's coming tomorrow. When the phone rings, you should say, okay, is this it? Is this it? I'm getting the phone because it may be it. You get out of the way. Put your track shoes on. Because it could be coming. Have you sowed? Are you expecting? Or did you just sow? Are you expecting? Is somebody in here expecting? What are you expecting? Well, answers only come to those who are expecting. It don't come to those whose faith died. That's what happened to us about that car. When that clock struck a certain time, as Keith said, our feathers fell, but not did our feathers fall, our faith died. And we didn't get the car, and our faith died. But, say but, But. just like with you, how many of you have seed in the ground? Yes. Yeah. Well, seed of money seed don't die. Not like a real seed that can sit in the ground and if it don't come up, it dies. And it rots. Well, this seed, I forget how long it was, three years, five years, I forget how long it was. Keith was in faith school one day. And he was on the floor, kneeling there. And the Lord asked him, well, he asked the Lord, he said, now, Lord, I've been here at school for a few years now, and I've been learning about faith every day. And I don't know much about it, but what I do know, she and I were in faith about that car. And the Lord said, yeah, you were. For what you knew, 
You were really in faith for what you knew. But you let a little mechanism with springs and hands make my word become null and void. How many of you in here could say, I've let a little time make the word of God become null and void? Whether it be about money, whether it be about your kids, whether it be about your healing, whether it be about anything in your life, you've let the word of God become null and void. And you quit expecting. It's the same clock on the wall. You may not have set a date, but you're no longer excited about it. You no longer have faith about it. And I don't know about you, but my Bible says anybody that wavers, does anybody know what that verse says? Then tell me what it says. Receive what? Anybody that wavers receives what? Anybody that wavers receives what? Put Branson on the screen. I want to see what they're going to receive. Anybody that wavers receives what? Can y'all hear them? They're, they're putting up some zeros. What would you rather have? Some excitement or some nothing? Excitement. Some excitement or some nothing? Excitement. Who is going to stir you up? How many of you in here have believed God for something and you lost it? From anything really small to something really big. There's people in here been believing God for a baby for 20 years. What happened to your excitement? I don't want to be crude, but you got to have sex to have a baby. trying to be rude about that, but there's certain things you got to do to be healed. And there's certain things you got to do to have finances. God told them, who was it, Peter? Go fishing. And to make the water turn to wine, what did he say? Go fill the pots. For miracles to happen, sometimes we have to do what the Lord tells us to do. We can't just sit around and look pretty in the mirror. I know some of you are very pretty. Others. But if we just sit around in our recliners... And God is saying, believe God for new patients. 
or God is saying, go fishing. Or God is saying, sell all your stuff at the flea market. Or God is saying, give Dan $5 and I'll get you back money. Or God is saying, get you a part-time job. I don't know what he's telling you. Like I said, he may be telling you to have sex to have a baby. I don't know. But each person, when you started believing for this thing, whatever it was, he told you something. Daniel in the lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the Red Sea. How many of you remember the Red Sea? Did it look like? This is the Red Sea. They're coming up to the water. Did it look like they had a way out? The army is behind them. The sea is in front of them. Is God going to deliver them? Did they know it? Did God tell them to do something? Would they have had a miracle or would they have died if they hadn't done what the Lord told them to do? If they'd have just stood there and they would have said, but Lord, I don't see any way out. I don't see any way the sea's here. The army's behind us. We need this miracle now. You've waited too long, Lord. What are we going to do? We've got to have this money today. I've got to have my healing now. They say I could die in a month or tomorrow. Or my kids are on drugs. Or they're going to sue me. Or they're going to kick me out of my apartment. The army's behind you, breathing down your neck. And the sea is in front of you. Are you afraid? You ever been there? Do you listen to God or do you listen to fear? It's real easy to say. It's real easy to say. He said to Peter, step out on the water. You ever seen a man walk on the water? That sea parted for them. They had their miracle. Why hasn't your sea parted for you? Because when you got up against it, you backpedaled. Serving God is not always easy. Brother Hagen used to say it like this. It's not always ripe cherries falling off a tree. How many of you remember the story? Somebody help me with it if I get it wrong. He tells the story about this man in the hospital believing for his healing. 
And he went there to see him. And when he was in there, Jesus came himself to give this man his healing. And the man couldn't get out of the bed, really. But he got out of the bed. And Brother Hagin kept telling him, somebody help me with it if you remember it. And he got out of the bed, and he was walking towards Jesus. And Brother Hagin said, Jesus was as far as for me to rob. He came through the door, and he had his hand stretched out. And the man was standing up, and he had his hand stretched out to give him his healing. And the man said, I can't take it. I'm just too weak. And Brother Hagin said, but it's right there. Just reach out. Reach your hand out, Rob. Just reach out and take it. It's right there. He said, I could see Jesus. And he was right there at him. He said, just reach out and take it. And the man just dropped his hand. Drop your hand. And it was that close. I think that's how close most of us are to what God's trying to give us. God's right there holding it out for us. And He's been there with our ministering spirits a hundred times. Because we've come up to the doorway with our faith. And we get in faith and we get right there at it. And then a devil comes whispering something or saying something. Or yelling something. You can't have that. You're too weak. Who do you think you are? You sinner. You remember how you messed up? You don't deserve that. Who do you think you are? You're not worthy of that. And instead of standing up and screaming, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. You wither down and say, that's right. I don't deserve that. I'm nothing. And quit expecting. And your excitement goes away. Your joy goes away. Many of you have sown and 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 sown. You got seed piled on top of seed in the ground. And to be honest with you, You're getting mad at God. And you're getting mad at people that ask you about giving or sowing. And you don't even really want to tithe anymore. You don't even really want to give anymore. Because you're becoming to feel like it doesn't really work. It'll work for them, but it doesn't really work for me. That's not true. It'll work for you just exactly the same way. When that phone rings, this is it. This could be it. Start looking for the new patients. Start looking for the extra people coming in. Start looking for the extra jobs. Start doing whatever the Lord tells you to do. Go fishing. Believe for the extra things. When the mail 
comes. This could be it. This could be it. This could be my answer. When somebody walks, runs, makes a beeline for you at church, oh, this could be it. This could be it. This could be it. But don't let your feathers drop when it's not. To finish the story, he said, you were in faith. For where you and her were, you were in faith. But you let that mechanism with clocks in hands make my word null and void. You guys, Branson, you have been in faith. You were in faith when you sowed. Get your excitement back about giving. Get your excitement back about receiving. Some of you have been believing for a house for 30 years. And you just, oh, well, I guess I won't ever have a new house. Oh, well, I guess I don't deserve a new car. It ain't about deserving. It's about sowing. And it's about God honoring your seed. And the devil not keeping nothing from you. Don't let him steal another day from you. Don't let him steal another penny from you. I hate it when he steals. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. The Lord told him, go back where you were those years ago. Go back where you were. You remember the excitement y'all were in that day? Y'all were watching for the mailman. You were watching for phone calls. You were watching for anybody that could possibly give you money to get that car. You drove to dealerships. You looked at cars. You sat in cars. You got the smell of new cars in your nose. Now remember, I was paying for a hundred dollar payments on a hundred dollar tool set. He said, get that back in your heart. Just that very same excitement. I kid you not, this did happen. I don't know if Devin can find it fast enough, but I'll eventually show it to y'all again. The Lord dealt with somebody. He said, I want to buy. He called me. He said, come here. Keith knew him, but he happened to run across me. I want to buy y'all a new car. Brand new. I said, what kind of new car? He said, any kind you want. Well, we had been eyeing from the beginning. We didn't know it. We didn't even remember it. The Buick Riviera at the time. It was when they had first come out with a touch screen. Nothing had ever had it before. It was yellow. One of my favorite colors. Cream yellow. Not bright yellow. Just kind of a blush kind of cream yellow. Kind of cream maybe more than yellow. Two-door. It said sold on it when we found it. I think half the stuff we've ever bought said sold on it when we buy it. <laughs> or more. We just left. The guy said, well, we'll call you if something happens the next day. He called us. It was on the showroom floor. 
We drove it off the showroom floor. Paid for. Tag, title, and insurance by somebody else. Now, I am God's favorite. But you are too. But the only reason I'm God's favorite is because I choose to believe what this book says. Do you understand that? What I've been trying to tell you is, do not let the devil win in your life. Get up off your lazy B-U-T-T's. I'll just say it. Get up off your lazy butts. Keith laughs at me. But get up. Quit letting the devil have your stuff. Quit letting him have all your stuff. Quit. Quit. Stir yourselves up. Amen. How many people do you know in the world today if they were to see every person in this church, every person in that church driving with new cars, new stuff, new clothes, they're not going to ask you, your family, what's going on with you? I know you. How did you get that? Did you steal that? Quit letting the devil take your stuff. You don't have to have a lot of faith. How many of you still have? I think I still have it in my Bible. Let's see here. Yep, there it is. I gave every person in here one of these. Do you still have it? Where's yours? One. I gave every two. Where, where, where is yours? Huh? Where, where is yours? How are you ever going to remember it if you don't even have it? Huh? You didn't get one? Where were you? Huh? Where, where were you? In this little envelope, you might not can zoom in. Zoom in. Can you see it? Can y'all see it? Can the guys in Branson see it? Can y'all see what that is in that envelope? How many of y'all have yours? Raise your hand. Wave it. You know me. Couple of people, wave your envelope if you have it. Nobody has theirs. I'm not going to say shame on you because Keith don't like it when I shame people, but I would say it. (laughs) This is a mustard seed, and you can't even hardly see it in the envelope. That's how much faith you need to move a mountain. Do you know Jesus said he, he took care of the devil? He would flick him with his little finger. Yeah. Flick, flick the devil with your little finger. When he comes to bother you, just go, get out of here. When he tries to make you fear, just go, get out of here. Don't get in a big battle with the devil. That's like a big giant getting in to fight with an ant. You don't have to fight with him. Just tell him to get out of here and take your stuff back. People get embroiled with the devil. 
fights with him. Just say, get out of here. You don't have to fight with him. You already won. You already won. You don't have to fight with him. Just tell him, say, get out of here. I'm taking my stuff back. Stand up on your feet. I want to see some excitement about getting your stuff back. I think there's some people in here that let their stuff go. You let your healing go. You let your kids go. You let your babies go. You let your houses, your cars, whatever it is, you let it go. Why in the world would you let the devil have any of your stuff? What's he going to do with it? Destroy it. Let's use it for the kingdom. Let's use it to bring other people in. That's what it's good for. So lift up your hands if you're going to believe for it and say, Father, I'm taking my stuff. I repent for letting the devil convince me that I couldn't have it. I'm yours. I'm taking it now. All my stuff. I sowed my seed. I'm taking my stuff. Now start receiving it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.